The failure rate is nearly 90% for real estate agents, which is astronomical. And I think a lot of this is, one, it's harder than people think, but two, there's not a realistic expectation coming into real estate that will really set people up for success. On today's episode of Real Estate Success, The Whistle Way Podcast, Kyle and I break down seven different things that are great if you're a brand new agent or if you're interviewing agents that are coming on the team that you can help make them aware of to help uh, make them be more successful or and kind of curb that failure rate. That's all and more on this week's episode of the podcast. Kyle, would it surprise you to to hear that some people say that their first year in real estate, they weren't quite ex- ready for their first year? They came in with, with a certain set of expectations and their first year was different than they expected. Yeah, I think that there's a reason that, you know, depending on the data, 80 to 90% of agents don't make it in this because they're just not fully prepared for what they're getting into. And, um, you know, before we open, there's, I, I found this niche or this um, realization over the holidays toward the end of the year. I had put a post up like, hey, if anybody has any money left behind in an old like 401k or IRA, like, let me know. I can help you like reinvest that to make like five times as much money off of it. And the amount of people who hit me up, it was crazy how many people had money left behind in an old 401k or IRA. Well, guess what that means? You don't have money left behind in a 401k or an IRA unless you worked for some other company prior to this, typically not a startup. Typically, you work for some corporate company before you got into real estate, which is why you have an old 401k or IRA left behind. And that helped me realize, like, there's very few people who just go straight into real, they don't go to college to be a realtor. You yeah. actually, there's no point going to college to be a realtor. It's actually a huge waste of time. <laughs> um, and even like the the local real estate society at San Diego State University, like they don't teach you how to be a realtor. Even if you like go to school and like get a degree in real estate and join the real estate society, they're not teaching you how to be a realtor. Like very few people go to college to be a realtor. Most people become a realtor after some other career and it's usually a corporate career and they get into real estate because they want the complete opposite. They want the more freedom and all of that. And sometimes that leads to a very rude awakening, which is why a lot of people don't make it in this industry. So let's try and uh, let, we're going to cover five things in this episode yeah. of what to expect going into it. Uh, this is great if you are in uh, taking your real estate exam, if you are a new agent, um, this is also great if you are on a team or, or team leader and you say, and you want to send this to your recruits before they're coming in. Hey, check this out before you start your real estate life. Um, so that way we don't have a, we can hopefully kind of knock down that failure rate a little by little. Cool. Fair? Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, guys. My name is Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty here in San Diego. And I'm Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at at Whistle Realty Group. Oh, glad you remembered. Uh, the goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics that you need to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So if you ever have a question, you want to have us answer it on a future episode of the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com. Ask us questions on there. Subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. Join our private Facebook group and email newsletter where we share a lot of tips and tricks. And get uh, dialed in on our uh, referral list for all the people that are leaving California. We'd love to send them your way. And 
And lastly, if you want to really level up your content creation in 2024, we offer a course called the Media Mayor Mastermind. We'll teach you everything Brian and I have learned over the last nine years of creating content together, whether it be video, audio, or uh, social combination thereof. We'll teach you everything we've learned over that time period. You'll also be able to mastermind with us on a regular basis. Um, so all that is at thewhistleway.com. All right, let's jump in, man. All right, so we've got. I five. like this topic because honestly, yeah. I, uh, I don't do the interviewing anymore because I, all I do is just try to scare people away. Uh, when you're talking about interviewing for, for our team, your team, yeah, yeah, to join our team because I just try to scare them away because I think that as I mentioned in the open of the show, there's so many people that get into real estate because they're getting out of a corporate job, and they are trying to go as far away from corporate as possible, which is one of the things that's attractive to them about real estate. It's it's attractive. They believe that they're getting out of the corporate world where they don't have like a set schedule and they can make unlimited money. Like that's that's the allure of getting into real estate for a lot of people. And there's truth to that. Uh, there is truth to that, right? You can make, but those of us that have been in the game for a minute, you know that... Um, you can set your own schedule. You get to choose which 20 hours a day you work. Um, you know, the, so there, there is some truth, but it's, there's some marketing as well. Yeah. So I'm excited to get into this. Um, you know, Brian and I just started riffing on like the top five and maybe some more might come to our minds as we get going here, but let, let's hit these five and, and then we can just see where the, this conversation takes us. So this first one we talked about, um, one of our, one of our best agents. Save, on the, I want that one last because that okay. one's that good. I want to save that okay. one for last. Well, one of our best agents gives us this piece that we've loved. He's been talking about it at our meetings. Shout out to Mike Proctor. He's done a huddle about it, done a Tuesday meeting. It's really, really good. Uh, we'll leave it to the end. That was, yeah. a, that was a tricky. You barely got that in there. All right. So first, let's talk about, let's kind of flip the script. Let's talk about, right, you get, we talked about unlimited hours, unlimited money. Um and what's great about when we get a paycheck, when you get a paycheck as a realtor, uh, you don't see all those pesky line items being taken out by the government, yeah. one of which being taxes. You're like, sweet. Yeah, it's, but, it's a good thing and a bad thing, yeah. right? So the beauty of being in real estate is when you close a deal, whatever commission you earned is, that's how much the check is. So if it's a $10,000 commission that you earned after your splits and everything, like, you're going to get a $10,000 check from the escrow or from the title company, uh, which is a beautiful thing, right? Like you get the whole $10,000. What a lot of people are not prepared for is there's no taxes taken out. Um, so the Up beauty front. is you get all of it. The uh, thing is, yeah, you're going to still have to pay those taxes. Like just because they gave you all of it doesn't mean you're off the hook for the taxes associated with that. So a lot of times it comes as a rude awakening for people that – they do have to pay taxes on all those dollars that they made. So, you know, it's really attractive to get in this industry because you can make NFL money, but you're still going to pay NFL taxes too. Like, yeah, you're not paying uh, church taxes. <laughs> yeah, you're not a nonprofit that gets off the hook on this. Like, you got to pay taxes on all that money. So, um, you know, depending on the state that you're in and, and how much other outside investing, like, you should be setting aside somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 30% of the income that you have coming in, setting that aside for taxes. Because when April 15th rolls around, you're gonna have to pay taxes. And, and also people don't realize this when April 15th or whatever, the date seems to move around a lot lately. Whenever that date comes, yes, you can file an extension, but you still have to make your payment. 
when you file for that extension. So just because you file the extension doesn't mean it, it's an extension on payment, it's just an extension on filing. So you need to have money set aside so that when April 15th or whatever that date is rolls around, you actually have some money to pay. And now I was not that guy. Like I would not set any money aside back in the beginning. I'd no, that any, doesn't I know, surprise crazy, me. Crazy, <laughs> crazy. Um, so I wouldn't set money aside, but what would happen is like, I would start prepping to do my taxes in like March or April 14th. Um, I would meet with CPA and they would be like, oh, you got to pay $30,000 in taxes. I was like, well, fuck, I don't have any dollars to pay taxes. So then what would happen is every deal I would close from like whenever I met with the CPA in like March until April 15th, I had to set every dollar aside so that when April 15th rolled around, I could pay the taxes without, now yes, you could pay later and you'll pay a penalty, that's your decision. Um, but now I had to like scramble to try to get money together so that I could actually make the payment when it was due. And that's not a good feeling. Yeah, when I first started my photography business, I was told, look, as soon as a check comes in, doesn't matter for what it's for, Put 35% in a separate account and you don't mess with that account. And if you have extra, right, if you have a good CPA and, or a different state and, you know, hey, I only pay 25% or whatever it is, cool, there's extra there, there's cushion, there's padding. Um, but just if, if, you made, if you made 10 grand, right, 3,500 immediately goes in that account. You don't touch it. You don't play with it. Uh, that's not, uh-oh, I want to go on a cruise or, or get a new car. It's that's for next year when it's due. Uh, when taxes are due yeah. or quarterly or however, however it happens. But yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Let me hit a bonus one just since uh, I told you some of these would come to me. The other thing they don't tell you is you need to have a freaking S corporation. Mm. If you do not have an S corporation and you make $100,000 from your real estate business, just by not having an S corporation, it's going to cost you about $9,000 a year more than if you had an S corporation. So you can, if you make your hundred and you don't have an S corporation, you're going to pay 15.3% self-employment tax on that whole $100,000. Is this California or this is, this is federal? Okay. Um, alternatively, if you had an S corporation, instead of taking the whole 100000 and paying 15.3% on it, you could separate it out into a salary and then the rest can just pass through to you as a distribution. The beauty is you only have to pay 15.3% on the salary. So you can get away on a $100,000 income, you can get away with a $40,000 salary very easily. So you're going to pay 15.3% on that, but the 60,000 distribution that passes through passes past that 15.3%. So 15.3% of 60,000 is about nine grand. So you could save $9,000 just by having an S corporation. At what point do you know off the top of your head when it doesn't make sense to do an S corp? If you, if you, if you make a thousand dollars a year, it doesn't make sense, but there, there's some sort of level of yeah i follow mark kohler k-o-h-l-e-r and according to him it's literally like forty thousand. okay i've heard other people say 50 or sixty thousand. um but if you're even close like you should have it and the thing is a lot of people don't do it day one they they wait until they make some money then they do it well the you can't retroact it so you need to have it before you make the money and it doesn't cost that much to get it set up and running a couple grand right um uh, thousand bucks okay yeah so so yeah, if you plan on making money in real estate, get an S Corp, start it out early. Cool. So we talked about um, one of the cool things about real estate. So that's one and two, taxes and S Corp. Uh, number three I want to go into, we talked about a, a corporate job. They take line items, line items out, of your, um, out of your check, one being taxes, 
one being social security. I don't know how that applies here. Um, but another one for a lot of companies is they take out your allotment for health insurance. A lot of companies will pay 50% or 100% of health benefits, but only some of your spouse, whatever it is. But that, that'll come out of your paycheck. That doesn't come out of realtors' paychecks. But also, they don't get health benefits, yep. right? So talk about that a little bit. Yes. I mean, just benefits in general. Like, there's, there's no benefits by default as a realtor. Um, and a lot of people aren't prepared for that. Like, you probably, at your corporate job, we just talked, right? You had a 401k or you had an IRA um, and they did, like, matching. Like, yeah, that, that's not existing as a realtor. You could set your own up, which you should for tax purposes. Um, but there's, there's no retirement fund that's set up typically. Um, there's no health insurance. Uh, most brokerages is not even available. Like you have to go find your own health insurance, which obviously it's, it's different if you're in the U S or Canada or whatnot. Um, but that shit's really complicated, really expensive. Now, like we're with EXP, they have a healthcare option, um, which is really attractive. So we love that. And most of the people, when they come to EXP, they save hundreds of dollars a month. I know a few people saving over a thousand bucks a month. So that's cool. But for the most part, most brokerages don't have any health insurance at all. So that's hundred percent out of pocket. Um, and some people kind of your when their employer pays your health insurance for you, you almost don't think of that as like money that you're making, but it is mm -hmm. because when you give that up in corporate America and you go into independent contractor agent work, if they were paying for your whole family of like four and it was 1500 bucks a month, like that's a lot. All right, that's like $18,000 a year that you now got to pay out of pocket, assuming the cost is the same. So a lot of people aren't prepared for that. Cool. We're on a roll. So one, two, three. Number four. Um, I don't know how I got there. Oh, that's how. Um, so a lot of times at a corporate job, um, you're given a task list. Even if, it, even if it's a corporate job that deals in sales, Okay, hey, you got to follow up with these leads. You got to do this. You got to do this. But you're usually given the 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 tools and the the things to do in real estate. You gotta you gotta hunt and kill. Eat, eat what you hunt. I don't know. <laughs> you're you're not just being fed. You actually have to go out and get it right. Yep. So talk about. I mean, that's one thing I don't think a lot of people think is not only lead generation, but prospecting and following up and talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think most people aren't prepared for the amount of work that they actually have to put into this thing. I think a lot of people, they're so used to seeing like the realtor either the, on TV or on the bus bench or on the billboard or they get the mail or they, they see realtors and or they see them posting on social and they think like that's all it takes. Like, oh, I'm just going to become a realtor and I'm going to just like put my name out there and my phone's going to start ringing. If you build it, they will come type thing. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what everybody seems to think. But this, if you get in this industry and all you do is wait for the phone to ring, you're probably going to be one of those eight or nine out of 10 that fails. Like the key in this business is you have to make the phone ring. And most people are not prepared for that. And if you think you can get into real estate and you're going to survive simply by texting and emailing and posting on social media, like... Are there people who are successful that, yes, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but for every one person you show me that's successful via text, email, and social, I'll show you a thousand that are successful by actually making calls, that by hosting open houses, by um, knocking on doors, by um, you know hosting and attending events, like getting 
you know, into active conversations with people. Very few people are successful without actually getting into conversations on a consistent basis. If you're, you're going to just rely on digital communication, I think you're going to have a very tough time in this industry. The agents who get on the phone and prospect every single day, an hour to two every day, five days a week, you know, 52 weeks a year, like those are the agents that are really, really successful. But there's so much, you know, the, the thing that gets people into this industry is on social media, they see these people that are like, oh, well, this is all you have to do. It's so easy. It's so easy. Like, pull up those fucking agents' actual production. Like, I've actually come to this, this realization. I don't know if I shared this with you or somebody else. The whole, like, influencer game is a fucking Ponzi scheme. So there's so many people out there that are like, teach you how to influence people by selling you a course so that you can learn how to influence people so that you could sell people a course so that they can build a course to sell it to teach people how to influence it's a fucking ponzi scheme like none of these people are actually doing anything to make fucking money they're just influencing people i'm gonna sell you a course on how to influence people so you can sell a course on like it is the craziest shit to me there's so many people who are selling courses that don't actually have a true business of of selling an actual product other than their course on how to influence people that they just influence. Like it's, it's wild to me. So if you're going to buy a course from somebody like do your research and figure out like that person's actual production, like are they, are they producing today or did they ever produce now? doesn't mean if somebody's not producing today that, that don't trust them. Like Craig Proctor, like that guy now his videos are cringe. Um, he has great content. He somebody needs to teach him how to, to be better on video. But that guy sold massive amounts of homes. Like, he's not doing it today, but he did. He's got the cred, right? Um, but if, if I'm trying to learn from somebody who doesn't sell, never sold, like, be careful of that. Um, that. That would be scary to me. So if you're going to buy somebody's course, like, make sure you do your research on who they are. That one went in a bunch of different directions, but I like that one. Yeah. So, so I wrote, you got to make the phone ring. You got to lead gen. You got to call. Um, it's, be careful, like buying products i mean that's that wasn't on our list but just be careful like buying courses coaching all that stuff like there's so many people out there that are just making money off selling you courses that don't know how to sell a home to save their life just be careful of that um that, that's a scary thing to me i want to know that whatever i'm buying into like that these people know what the hell they're talking about fair i have that as the fifth not one. that they can just sell me a course that's what i want to be here and they and, and that could be, and now also like, I would be okay. Like Tom Ferry, right? Like guy's never really been like a true agent, but he's helped a lot of people make a lot of money. Like, so that's okay. There's people like that that are out there that maybe they haven't. But if, if you could show me a track record of helping either you being successful or helping people be successful, that's what I need to see. Yeah. If, if your course is your, your, your greatest sales, you've sold other people, your course, like if that's the only thing you've ever sold, like that, that's scary to me. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm glad you talked about Tom Ferry um, because I, I think he does a phenomenal job of surrounding himself with coaches and real estate agents uh, and, and love him or hate him. Uh, the the atmosphere, the environment within Tom Ferry is, is very familial. Um, everyone's very open and willing to share. So you can learn a lot from that ecosystem without selling. Yeah. Um, Cause people, I know people go at him specifically, specifically that he's never yes. sold, but yep. like he's got a track record of helping a lot of other people sell. So I'll yep. give him that. Cool. Um, all right. Next up uh, again, we, we talked about this at the top of the show. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a nine to five. You get to set your own hours, 
But there's a flip side to that coin. Carry on. You want me to just take it now? I yeah. thought you were going to keep going. No, that's it. I, I, was, I didn't forget <laughs> yeah, what I was saying. So, again, people get into this trying to escape the, like, nine to five, you know, um, rat race of being in a big corporation. But you realize, like, the alternative nine to five is, like, five to nine. Like, now you're actually working, like, the other hours. Like, this is not an industry where you just work nine to five and then you just get to go home and, like, check out completely. Like, that shit does not exist. Um, most agents when they're in startup phase, like they're going to be working, I don't know, 50 to 60 hours a week. Like the agents that end up being very successful, like traditionally they're coming in and they're 50 to 60 hours a week out of the gate. Like, and I would argue that's full time in real estate. Like sure you were 40 hours a week in your corporate job, but like 50 to 60 is a more normal full-time gig in real estate. Um, and it doesn't stop at five o'clock. Even if you go home at five o'clock, it doesn't stop. There's still texts coming in. There's emails coming in. And right. As everybody teaches in this industry with conversion is speed to lead or speed to response is massively important. So if you're getting these inquiries and you're not responding in a speedy manner, you're going to lose these opportunities. Um, so don't get into this industry. If you think you can work a nine to five, um, that, that just doesn't happen. Maybe over time, like I've done this like 20 years now, like now I've effectively work a nine to five and a four day week, but like it's 20 years to get to this point. Don't think you're going to get a lot into of this leverage. Industry. Yeah. And I have a $300,000 a month nut. So there's that too. Um, so don't think you can get into this industry and work nine to five Monday to Friday. Like if you, if that's your objective, like this might not be for you. I mean, perfect use case or, or example, Adrian Quijano, who was our number one agent on the team last year. Uh, we have a podcast. Tom will link that in the show notes below. Um, but we talked with him and he worked 60 plus hours a week, uh, was in real estate for, I think, last year, two and a half years and number one agent on our team. Um, that being said, I don't want to scare people away too much before we go to the, the last one. Talk a little bit about, obviously, you have to work more than nine to five. Right. And, and weekends are a big thing. That's one of the things that really turned me off from becoming an agent because I had my wedding photography business, which was a big weekend thing. And I, I can only pick one weekend uh, activity. And so I chose weddings. But also talk about a little bit how just because now you don't have a set schedule, you also don't have to be a slave and work 25 hours a, a day. Right. Well, I want to just get this out there too. I don't want to um, burst your bubble. If you have another job and you're transitioning into real estate, I don't want to tell you you can't be successful. Um, if you are transitioning, you can do this, but you just have to be that much more uh, diligent with your time. Like you, you can't afford to waste any time. Like every hour is, you know, twice as important, right? If you're only putting half the hours, you got to get twice the results out of the same amount of hours. So I don't want to, to tell you don't do this if you, you can only do it part-time, but just tell you it's going to be really hard to the point where like we won't take somebody on our team that's part-time unless they have a clear transition plan within 90 days. Otherwise, we're not. it's just not going to be a fit for us because our expectation is full-time. Um, you know, if you needed like to throw this out there, if you need a side hustle, you need to make some money. Um, I know we're going down a, a tangent, but I it's think good. this is good. Like, bartending or working in the, the restaurant industry, especially if you can do it in a hotel, like that's my favorite. Like don't go to like the wild party crazy bar. Like no, do the hotel bar where you actually like get in conversations with people and the drinks are tend to be more expensive there and bigger tips and all that. And you're in conversation. 
Um, and you could do that as a night job, like where it's not affecting real estate. You're making good money and you're, you're getting relationships. Like I'm, I'm here for that. There was one of our agents on our team also works a, a night job um, in, in the healthcare industry. And so they're able to um, help overnight if that person needs help. They don't have to be awake the whole night. Uh, that's very difficult. We have another agent that does that as well. But uh, they're, they're on-site available. So night job, evening jobs. Um, tend but to ideally online. ones where you're getting at-bats simultaneously. That's Correct. why I like the bartending yep. thing. There's other jobs you could do at night. But I like the fact that I'm getting at-bats. And some people are like, oh, I could drive Uber. Dude, do the research on how much money you make driving Uber. Like, yeah, Uber's solely a lead play. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, you're maybe making twenty bucks an hour, but you're destroying your car in the process. Like, yes, you're getting into conversations, but who's really trusting like the Uber driver? Like, it's not. It, it, I think if you're bartending, I think people could respect that hustle a little bit more than driving Uber. Just my personal opinion. Cool. Um, especially if you're well spoken and stuff at a bar, and you're t- talking about fine wines and all that. Like, I, I think you're going to be better off that way. This would pair well with a 1950s craftsman home uh, located in North Park. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let, let's hit on the last point, the cool. one that I think is the most important. So um, this is the big one, is you get into this industry because you want to be your own boss. You're not wrong. You are your own boss when you get into this industry. The part people don't tell you is you're also your only employee. Well, think about that real quick. Like, if you were starting a real estate company and, and you were the boss and you wanted to hire an employee, like what would you do with that employee? Like you would tell that employee like what to do, right? Like you're going to show up at this time, you're going to do these activities and blah, blah, blah. You're going to very clearly tell them what to do and you're going to expect them to do it if you had hired an employee. Well, you are that employee and you hired yourself. So now you've got to tell yourself what time to show up and what activities to do to be successful. A lot of people aren't prepared for that. That's a little different than what you're used to in your corporate job where your boss told you when to show up and what to do. Now you are the boss and you are the employee, and that is a huge shell shock for a lot of people. You know, people don't love being an employee, and I get that. You're like, I want to I set my own thing. I wanna, but it's really hard to be a boss. Um, it's, it, it's, I mean, there wouldn't be so many books on leadership, on uh, being a boss. It wouldn't be such the huge industry that it is uh, if it were really easy. So it's really hard to be a boss. And so if you're like, I don't like being an employee. I want to be my own boss. Okay, you're going to be your own boss, which is really hard. And then you're going to be, you still have to be an employee, which is really hard. Uh, especially if you're trying to get away from that. It's it's a tough struggle. Um, and it's, it's, it's a weird kind of dichotomy if you're both at the same time where you're like, my boss is a jerk and my employee doesn't do what they want. It's always you. That can be a bit lonely. That can be a bit tough. So, uh, yeah, that one, sh- that is the biggest shell shocker for most people. Um, you, you've got to realize you are still an employee. You're just your own, you're your own and only employee. Yeah. So and all that, that great that. taxes that, you know, your employer pays for half and you pay for half as an employee. That's still the same. You're just the employer and the employee. Uh, you get the shit end of both sticks. <laughs> cool. So the ones I've got, um, the the five things, we made them seven, uh, that they don't tell you when you're starting real estate. One, you got to pay your own taxes. Set money aside each and every deal so that you don't uh, put yourself in a difficult situation. Two, set up a uh, S-corp right away. Uh, it can help you save lots of money on taxes. 
And I think it also gives you some more legal protections as well. Is that right? Yep. Cool. Um, three, uh, coming into real estate, you don't get automatic health benefits. You don't get a portion paid for. You don't even get someone saying, here, check out these health benefits. Choose your option. You go, well, if you want health insurance, you got to figure it out. And that is not a fun road to be down. Now, there are uh, certain places like EXP has, they say, hey, here's a plan that you can look at. So at least you can get started. And uh, I don't think anyone's ever like, these are great health benefits for most jobs, but I think they're pretty decent. Yeah. Um, I know when I first started my business, I was like, I want the oh shit insurance. Like, oh shit, I got an accident and I don't want to die, but I also don't want to lose my house. Give me that. Uh, and it's better than that, which is great. Um, number four, you've got to make the phone ring. You got to do your lead gen. You got to follow up. You only get to eat what you hunt and kill. And that's a whole big life cycle that you have to go through from finding, nurturing, uh, closing and, and, and then taking care of that client, that's a big life cycle that's usually more than one person is used to at any job. You're not usually not part of all of it. You're the generation or the the transaction, now you have to deal with all of it. Um, a, a bonus one we did is, is careful who you buy things from, uh, whether this is a course, whether this is coaching, whether this is even a, a, a platform, a CRM or a, a a new object, you got to be careful of who you buy from so that way you know that there's proven success behind it in doing what it's actually, what it or they are actually teaching you to do. You want you want to make sure that their B2C skills, uh, business to consumer, is better uh, or, or as good as their B2B, as, as good as they are selling to you. Um, six, it's not a nine to five. And we never really touched on that portion of, of protecting your time uh, but that'll be another podcast for sure. But it's not a nine to five. It's uh, it's more than that. And if you're getting into this, you're going to want to really commit to spending more than 40 or more than 50 hours a week really getting this business up and running. If you look at real estate, overall, the barrier to entry is fairly low. If you look at real estate versus opening a restaurant, real estate, you have to take some courses, pass a test, overall income that it costs you, what, a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks to get up and running. A, a restaurant's going to cost you two, three hundred grand for the rent, the build out, the all the plates and the glasses. So there's a low barrier to entry, but you know damn well that the restaurant tour is not working 40 hours a week as well. So make sure that you know this is your business. You have to work it. Uh, and finally, you are the best and worst boss and the best and worst employee in your company uh, of one. And there's a lot of work to be done. You have to be regimented and scheduled and structured on your time so that way your employee, aka you, doesn't take advantage of it. And so that way your company, aka you, can make more money. Awesome. That's a pretty good wrap-up, huh? Good job. Thanks. You should just listen to that. Thank you. I needed the pat on the back. <laughs> yeah, those pat on the backs go a long way for Brian. That they do. That should be my widget of the week, patting Brian on the back. <laughs> cool. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of the show today. If you did, if you're listening on a podcast platform, if you could hook us up with a review on there, those mean a lot to us. Also, make sure to subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button. Let YouTube know you enjoyed the show. If you want more of our show, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. YouTube will keep you posted. And if you have a question, you can always throw it in the comment section on YouTube. Brian and I personally respond to all of those comments on there. Uh, before we wrap the show, want to finish with something we like to call the whistle widget of the week. This is something we, uh, where we, we utilize in our business. It saves us time, makes us more money, or helps us have a little bit more fun. What do you got, Brian? 
Mine is a widget we've used in the past, but has come out with a brand new feature, which is really exciting, um, which is StreamYard. So StreamYard will allow you from one feed to stream to multiple different platforms. So you've always been able to stream to Facebook, um, pages, your personal profile, LinkedIn, YouTube, um, there's some other ones in there. But what you haven't been able to do for the longest time is stream to Instagram. People always say, hey, well, how do I do that? And I said, well, get your phone uh, or another phone and stream to Instagram. Well, we just found out today and we didn't do it because there's a little bit more setup. Um, but now StreamYard has the ability to stream live to Instagram. So like I said, we do the Whistleway podcast here. This is streamed when we record, which is usually every Monday and we stream it in our different platforms, now we will be able to stream it on Instagram. And hopefully, we'll be able to stream it to a couple different accounts at once. So that is my widget this week. Cool. Uh, the one I want to share, we may have shared this before, but I got some new information that I think makes this more important. So if you guys are unaware, a Gmail, Yahoo, and a bunch of other email service providers have made it substantially harder to push emails through and avoid um, getting filtered completely, ending up in the spam box, promotions, whatever the case may be. Like it's become harder and harder than ever to get an email into somebody's freaking inbox. With that said, if the uh, platform, the IDX platform that you're using is solely relying on emails to get properties into in front of your client's face, you're screwed. Like if that's your sole way of getting properties in front of your clients, you're probably not getting many properties in front of many clients. So you need to find other ways to get that done. Well, if you think about right, what's the, the two links you'd get from clients that are super frustrating is from Redfin and Zillow, right? Your clients are constantly sending you links to Redfin and Zillow. Why are they sending you links to Redfin and Zillow and not your website? It's because one, they're not seeing your damn e-alerts, but what they are seeing is the notifications that come in from Zillow and from Redfin. So they're using those apps because those apps are giving them push notifications as opposed to emailing them properties. Well, shouldn't we maybe take note if you like put two and two together here, like the most used apps are notification based and most IDX platforms are email based. Maybe we should have an app that will push notifications to our clients. And so there's a company called Rooster, R-U-U-S-T-E-R. Um, we've recently partnered up with them and their app will integrate with Ylopo. It'll integrate with Sierra and some of the other uh, really strong IDX platforms out there. So now you cannot solely depend, you don't have to solely depend on email notifications. Now you're going to get push notifications going to your personal branded app. And I'll be really honest with you, Kyle. You and Chris brought this up, really excited. And I was thinking of an implementation standpoint, how are we gonna get people to download? And I wasn't very excited about it, to be completely honest. Uh, I met with some of their team last week and it's really cool. Like the things they thought of, the things they've integrated, the things they're working on, I was like, oh, I see why you're so excited about it. So I was hesitant. Uh, if you are hesitant as well, I recommend just set up a demo with them. I'm sure you can go to their website, R-U-U-S-T-R, S-T-E-R, I don't know, just Google it. It's yeah. not, it's not, it's pretty unique. Um, set up a demo with them and uh, I was, I was pretty impressed and I was like, I get why you guys are so excited. It's going to make the work we're doing on the, the back end to get people notified and, and excited about this worth it. Cool. Yeah. Hit those guys up. Um, if they give you any hassles, let them know. You just give them my name. That'll help. 
Um, <laughs> it'll get you to the front of the line. So hopefully that's helpful. Awesome, guys. Well, I appreciate you tuning in to the show today. We hope you got a lot of value out of it. Again, I'm Kyle Whistle with eXp Realty. I'm Brian Kochi. We'll see you next week.